If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 16, and we'll be looking at verses 12 through 34, Acts 16, 12 through 34, and as you're turning there, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Does God promise us that our Christian walk will be easy? Does he promise us that as a Christian we would live a simple life? The answer is no. God never promised us an easy life while we're here on earth. If you think about what Christ said, Christ said that we must take up a cross and follow him. And then he said that, you know, we are to enter in the the narrow gate and walk the, the straight path. You know, it's, it's a hard walk that we are called to do as Christians. And we can look in the Bible and see an example of how hard this walk is just by looking at the life of Paul, some of the things that happened to him. Um, 
And when we look at Paul, we can also go back to Acts chapter 9 and look in verse 16 where Jesus tells Paul that he's going to show him you know, what he would have to go through, how much things he would suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. You know, when, when he was talking to Ananias, when Ananias said, you know, I've heard about this guy. He's evil. Why do you want me to go talk to him? Jesus said, you know, he's my chosen vessel. You know, he's one that I've called and I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for the name of Christ. Yet, when we look at Paul, even in persecution, even when suffering all the things that Paul suffered, he continued to share the gospel. He never stopped. And what we can see from this is that a hard Christian life does not mean we are to be slack in our walk as a Christian, in our work as a Christian. We're to continue to do the things that Christ has called us to do. In season and out of season, we are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, we are to let Christ shine forth from us and continue to share his gospel to all that need to hear it. And that's what we see with Paul. So look at Acts 16, verses 12 through 34. It's written, And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city in the parts of Macedonia, and whose inhabitants came from Rome to dwell there. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city, besides a river where there were wont to pray. And we sat down and spake unto the women which were come together. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatirans, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which Paul spake. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into mine house and abide there, and she constrained us. And it came to pass that as we went to pray, or to prayer, a certain maid, having a spirit of divination, met us, which got her master's much vantage with divining. She followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto you the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned about and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ that thou come out of her. And he came out that the same hour. Now when her master saw that the hope of their gain was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the magistrates and brought them to the governor, saying, These men which are Jews trouble our city and preach ordinances which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, seeing we are Romans. The people also rose up together against them, and the governors rent their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they were, had beaten them sore, they cast them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them surely, 
who, having received such commandment, cast them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sung psalms unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there, came, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and, by, and all the doors opened, and every man's bands were loosed. Then the keeper of the prison waked out of his sleep, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and leaped in, and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thine household. And they preached unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in the house. Afterward he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized with all that belonged unto him straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced that he and all his household believed in God." Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word and just help us, Lord, to learn from your word and apply what we learn into our daily walk. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today and be with those that could not make it today, Lord, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, those that may be traveling, Lord, we lift them up to you and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us, that you would overshadow us with your love and watch care and just hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, if there is anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone here today that needs to make any decision today, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what we see in these verses is that Paul and Silas, they enter into the city of Philippi. Now, when Paul was in Asia Minor, in Troas, he got the Macedonian call that they were to go into Macedonia to preach the gospel. And Philippi was one of the first cities that they went to when they were in Macedonia. And whenever they enter into Philippi, and this, you know, just to give you a little background, this was Paul's second missionary journey. So this was during his second missionary journey. When they get into the city, Paul and Silas, they go down to the river to have prayer and to be with the people that is at the river. And one of the reasons they did this is that Philippi was a Greek Roman city. And one of the things that it says is that people from Rome would leave Rome and go move into Philippi. So Philippi did not have a synagogue. So Paul and Silas go down to the river to have prayer. And while they are at the river, they start to evangelize to the women that were at the river. And what happens is, is as they 
are evangelizing, they meet someone named Lydia, who is a seller of purple. Purple being a very expensive dye for clothing. And they lead her to the Lord. But what we also see in verse 15 is it says that her entire household was also baptized with her. So they led her entire family to the Lord. Not only did they lead Lydia to the Lord, they led her entire family. And as a result, Lydia asked Paul and Silas to stay in her house while they were in Philippi. And what this would do is this would also give Paul and Silas the opportunity to teach Lydia and her family about Jesus Christ. So what we see here is, is the formation of the first church in Macedonia. This is one of the things that Paul was going into Macedonia to do. He was going to start churches, and this is the first church that he starts in this house. Now, what do we know about Satan? He's going to attack Christians that are doing the work of God. And that's what we start to see. So after this had started and this small little church was being formed, several days later we see Paul and Silas going out to go back to prayer. And it says that while they were walking, this girl that was possessed by a demon starts to follow them around. And look at what she says to them. She says, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto you the way of salvation. She's mocking them. She's mocking the message of, of Christ. That's what she's doing. She's following them around and continuing to say these things. But what was going on too is, is that she had you know, this demon possessing her and what, the, what these people would do there in Philippi, they were using her to tell fortunes and get money. But she continues to follow them around, mocking them and trying to get the gospel associated with the work of Satan, which would turn more people off of it. That's why she's doing this. And after several days, in verse 18, it says that Paul had finally had enough of it. And he cast the demon out of her. Now, what we see is, is that after he cast the demon out, the people that were making money by using her to tell fortunes, got mad. Because they seen that their gain, their financial gain, was gone now. So as a result, they grab a hold of Paul and Silas and take them to the magistrates and have them arrested. So they caught Paul and Silas and took them to the magistrates to have them arrested. Now, look at what happens. Look at verses 20 through 24. It says, And brought them to the governors, saying, These men, which are Jews, trouble our city and preach ordinances which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, seeing we are Romans. The people also rose up together against them, and the governors rent their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. 
So once Paul and Silas were given to the magistrates, then they were taken to pretty much the governors of the city, the leaders of the city. And they're told by these people, well, these guys are Jews and they're troubling our city. They're teaching us to do things that we're, we're not, it's not lawful for us to do being Romans. Now, what were the things that they were teaching? They were teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But at this time, and I want to point this out, the Romans viewed Christianity as being associated with Judaism at this time. So Christianity was not an outlawed religion in the Roman Empire. The Romans just thought that it was a sect of Judaism. So Paul and Silas were not breaking the law. So these guys were lying, saying that they were doing things that they were not doing. They were lying. They were persecuting them. And then the governors of the city have Paul and Silas beaten with rods. Now, the rod that they would use to beat them was a pole that was about this big around, about as big around as a broom handle, and about three feet long. And they would hit it like a baseball bat, like you're hitting a baseball. That's what they were hitting Paul and Silas with. And they would hit them on the back. And they would continue to do that until the governor thought that they had had enough. So it just continued to go on and on and on. Until the governor thought that they had had enough of it. So these men lied about Paul and Silas and what they were doing. Had Paul and Silas arrested, then they had them beaten with rods. And then, look at what happens after that. When they were, had beaten them sore, they cast them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them surely. Who, having received such commandment, cast them into, and this is important, to the inner prison. The inner prison. There's a difference between, in the Roman prisons, there was a difference between the outer prison and the inner prison. The outer prison had windows. It had light. The inner prison was pretty much the dungeon. No lights. Damp, dark, cold. That's where they cast Paul and Silas. And then it says that they were put in the stock. So basically their feet were chained. And they were just left there. Now, has Paul and Silas had an easy road? Is their Christian walk easy? No. No. They had led a family to the Lord and then Satan starts to attack what they're doing. And they had a demon-possessed girl follow them around for several days, mocking them, 
they cast out the demon, and then they're lied upon, they're lied about, they're arrested, they're beaten, and they're cast into prison and put in stocks. This was not an easy road. This was not a simple life for them. Paul was being shown what he had to suffer for the name of Christ. Yet, look at what happens. Even after all of these things had happened to Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas did not despair about it. It says they started to pray. And then they started to sing. Now think about that. They had just been beaten with rods, chained up and cast into the most dankest, coldest dungeon in Philippi and chained up by their feet in a cell where they just had to sit there And you know, they're in pain because they've been beaten. They pray and they sing. They pray and they sing. And look at what it says. All the prisoners heard them. So what are they doing? They're evangelizing. They know that they can't speak to the prisoners directly because they are in this dungeon area, but they are singing so loud and praying so loud that all the people around them in the outer jail is hearing them. They're not despairing about what happened. They're not fretting over the fact that they're facing the persecution they're facing. They're praying. They're singing And in doing so, they are sharing the gospel of Christ to those that are around them. But what we also see, if you look down in verse 26, God also hears them. And he sends an earthquake. Now look at what the earthquake does. It says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and by, and, and by all the doors opened and every man's hands were loosed. So this earthquake does two different things. It shakes the building so that all the doors pop open. But then God also does something else. He makes all the chains fall off the hands and feet of all the prisoners. And when the jailer hears this, the jailer goes in and sees all the doors open. He draws his sword to kill himself. Because what the Romans... The Romans had this law, and I mentioned this before, that it was pretty much the jailer's responsibility to make sure all the prisoners were there. If one prisoner escaped, then the jailer would have to take that person's place. 
because someone would have to be punished for the crime. Well, what the jailer thinks is that everybody escaped. So he's just going to kill himself because he knew that the Romans were going to kill him for letting the prisoners escape. But Paul stops him. Paul says, you know, don't harm yourself. We're still here. And when the jailer calls for a light, look at what it says. He goes in and he falls down at the feet of Paul and Silas. And when he brings them out of the room, he asks them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, why would he ask that question? What led to that? Now, I want you to think about something. Paul and Silas had been praying and singing. All the prisoners heard them. The jailer possibly also heard what they were doing. And then, while they were singing and praying, he went to sleep. But when the earthquake takes place and all the doors open, that's one thing. But an earthquake will not make all the chains fall off people's feet or their hands. He saw that. And he knew that God's hand must be in that. So he asked them, what must he do to be saved? Because he saw the supernatural, this supernatural miracle take place. So he knew the hand of God was responsible and he says, what must I do to be saved? And look at what Paul answers him. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And then he, at the end of that, he says, and your household. So Paul is giving him an invitation. You know, believe on Christ and you'll be saved and have your family believe on Christ and they'll be saved also. So what does the jailer do? He takes them to his house. And they preach the gospel to him. And then it says they preach to the, everyone that was in the house. Everyone that was in the man's house, they preach the gospel to his family. And they're saved. And then look at what it says in verse 33. He washes their wounds. Whenever they were beaten with the rods, it cut into their skin. They were bleeding. The jailer washes their wounds. He tends to their wounds, and then he feeds them. And he and his family were baptized after believing on Christ. Now notice what happened. Paul gets the Macedonian call, and you can read about that earlier in chapter 16, and he and Silas go into Macedonia. And they have to take a boat to get there. And the verses right before what we read, verse 11, it talks about the path that they went. 
to get into Macedonia. And while they are in Philippi, they preach and Lydia and her family are saved. And then Paul and Silas stay in her house and we see the foundation and formation of this small house church. But then Satan starts to persecute them. He starts to attack them. Leading to persecution from many of the people in the city. Especially after Paul and Silas cast this demon out of this girl because of how she's mocking them. And they did not want the the gospel of Christ, people thinking that they were associated with that demon. And this led to Paul and Silas being arrested and beaten and thrown into prison. This was not an easy path that they had to walk. It was a hard walk. Now I want you all to think about something. In this country, we have not seen things like this take place. But in other parts of the world, it does take place. We can see things like this take place where people are persecuted by the government in China. The house churches are being persecuted in China. We saw it in the Soviet Union. It's happening in Russia right now. Where if you're not a member of the Orthodox Russian church, you're going to face persecution. But we're also starting to see persecution take place in Canada, Australia, Germany, France, England. Pretty soon it's going to start happening in the United States. But when things like that take place, Christians are not to fret. Because Christ never told us we would have an easy walk. And we have the example of Paul to see that. Paul had a hard walk. He was persecuted. And then if you look at all the other apostles, all of the other apostles faced persecution. The only one that died a natural death was John. But even John faced persecution. Paul and Silas did not have an easy time, but what we see is that what Satan tried to do for evil, God turned to the good. And when Paul and Silas left Philippi, you had two house churches formed, one in Lydia's house and then one in the jailer's house. So what Satan was trying to stop, God continued. And then pretty soon you saw a bigger church form in Philippi. And we can see that and read about it in Paul's letter to the Philippians. Because it's to that city, it's to the church in that city. But when facing all this persecution, Paul and Silas kept a good spirit and they continued to pray and sing and praise God. They never fretted about what had happened. 
even in the face of persecution, Paul and Silas continued to share the gospel. God never promised us an easy life. He never promised us an easy Christian walk. When we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, Satan will attack us. And the more we are doing for Christ, the more we are evangelizing, the more we are praying, the more we are studying, the more we are growing in the faith, Satan will double down and attack us even harder. We are never promised an easy life. Because what Satan will try to do is he will try to make us as ineffectual as a Christian as possible. And we in this country, being a Christian, we're going to face scorn, we're going to face ridicule, and we're going to face persecution. It's inevitable. And in this country, one day, Christians may go to jail for their faith. But even during those times, we need to remember that God is still on his throne. And that as a Christian, whatever happens to us here will not take us out of the hand of Jesus Christ. We're still secure in his hand, and we still have a job to do while we are here. And we see this with Paul and Silas. Jailed, beaten, bleeding, hungry, and in chains. They continued to pray, they continued to sing, and they continued to lead others to Christ. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that we can learn from your word. And Lord, just be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Just continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. And Lord, again, if there's anyone here today that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. I just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.